The PropCast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Head over to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. We're also brought to you by Better Fantasy. Better Fantasy is a free-to-play app that lets you bet on all your favorite NFL player props for a chance to win awesome prizes. Download the app today over at BetterFantasy.com SGPN. That's BetterFantasy.com SGPN. We're also brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at SoBet.io SGPN. That's SoBet.io SGPN. And of course, don't forget to download the SGPN app, your home for all of our free picks and podcasts. Welcome everyone to the PropCast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, NBA Player Props Wednesday Night Edition, and joining me as usual to break down the NBA Player Props as well as get to some other things happening around the league every Wednesday is the man that does it both on and off the court for the Sports Gambling Podcast Network as well as hosting his own YouTube show. Scott Reichel. Scott, how are you feeling this Wednesday afternoon, buddy? Yeah, it feels pretty good. Uh, so far this week, I've done pretty well in the NBA. So hopefully the carries over to player props. How's your week going? It's been up and down. Uh, not not so great um, on the NBA side of things, um, but hopefully I can turn that out around tonight. Player props, same story, but uh, it's a new day. Hopefully we can or I can. Uh, turn the page here midweek here, but um, yeah, a lot of great games here tonight. Uh, we have your squad going into Chicago tonight. We can touch on that in a second, but um, you know, Miami Heat take on Atlanta. Uh, some, if you're a fan of young, young talent going Orlando, going into Washington tonight, I think that should be a doozy as well, but uh, let's start with this Scott. Uh, usually every week, we have Scott that either rants about a team or bitches about a team. But this week I messaged him yesterday. He's, I was like, who do you want to bitch about today? But he said, no, there's a team that I want to praise this week on the uh, prop cast. So that was going to be the Memphis Grizzlies here, Scott. Um, they've won 10 games in a row here. John Morant looks absolutely fantastic, but I'll let you dig deeper, man. Memphis Grizzlies, what are you thinking? Well, the point is they've won 10 straight, but of course you got to add context because usually when you win 10 straight, you look through the schedule. There's a lot of bottom feeders in there. Usually you're picking on the teams that you should be beating and people can talk about how many games you've won in a row. The real question is how many games were you favored in those games? Because if you're the favorite to win and you beat up on the weaker teams, it's still impressive to win 10 in a row, but it's even more impressive when you go through a gauntlet like the Grizzlies have gone through for the last couple of weeks. You're talking about... The Warriors, you're talking about the Nets, you're talking about the Cavs, you beat the Lakers twice. I know Munaf and I aren't exactly big on the Lakers, but of course, yeah. anytime you beat LeBron and company, it's going to make headlines. 
and the Grizzlies have taken care of business against them several times. But the point is, when you're going in against the Warriors, you're going at Cleveland, at Brooklyn, at Phoenix as well, and you're winning all of those games, that's impressive. And you can talk about how Memphis has even been battling some injuries because Dylan Brooks has barely played this year, and they're still winning anyway. Morant's been banged up. They won without him when he was out briefly. But... There's really layers to to unravel here when it comes to talking about this Grizzlies team because they have a certain level of depth, which a lot of teams don't have. And I feel like the depth is kind of being swept under the rug, but it's been really good. Jaron Jackson's had a great year. Morant, of course, is the guy who's probably going to win most improved player. He's the favorite right now. If he stays healthy, he's going to win the award. Bain's been great. Adams has been banged up, but he definitely has helped them defensively on the interior but you just go down the line. They might not have many wow guys besides Morant, but they are a steady and consistent roster that can just plug and play several players on any given night, and that makes them very dangerous. I agree 100%. I mean, like you said, they've, they've reeled off 10 wins in a row here, but they've beaten some quality squads. Like you mentioned, the beat LA, the Lakers uh, twice in that span. They beat the Golden State Warriors the other night. I know it was without Draymond, but I mean, still Steph Curry out there. Um, they beat the Brooklyn Nets in that span, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So they've had more quality wins during this winning streak than not. But yeah, I've been very impressed with this squad, man. John Moran is absolutely playing out of his mind. A, a There's some type of highlight that he does every single night that just puts – that drops your jaw. I mean, he had the, the crazy block uh, in that Lakers game. That's one of the craziest blocks I've ever seen. Yeah. And, and it's just, he's just a freak of nature, but um, it's interesting to kind of see where the awards markets are kind of going for this team as they're trying to, uh, or starting to play well. Um, and we kind of highlighted or talked about this very briefly on the NBA gambling pod this morning, but Taylor Jenkins, I guess, do you think he's now entered the conversation for coach of the year? At I mean, his odds are now down to seven to one um, for coach of the year, uh, Scott. I mean, I think they have to. They're right now 43 games into the season, and Memphis is on pace for what about 50? I don't even 55 wins, 50 like 56 wins. Uh, let me see the updated number. I mean, they're 29 and 14. One. So, if you, yeah. that, of course, that's more than half the season, but if you want to break it down, that's about a 55 56 win pace yeah right now i'm seeing 49 and a half uh over minus 134 uh, of course i'm not saying the grizzlies are going to win 56 games what i am saying is if they end up getting to 50 something Mm -hmm. then he's got to be one of the favorites people of course are going to point to donovan they're going to point to uh bigger staff they're going to talk about of course the monty williams and the steve kerr angle if either of those teams can probably win 60 something i think they're in good shape But Memphis was a team that both of us liked. I know for the win totals in the Western Conference, I love them as one of my three plays on the over just because I thought Memphis last year showed signs that they were going to grow. I didn't didn't expect them to be this good, but I thought they'd be definitely better than they were last year. Mm. If you win 50-something games with Memphis, with Morant missing some time, and you still won anyway, he's got to be in the short list of guys. I feel like this is one of the closer coach of the year races that I could think of as of right now, because you even have, I'm just thinking the top of my head, how many names you got, you got about five names in there mm. and everyone's got a decent chance of winning. Yeah. hundred percent. I mean, if we kind of just go down the list of the coach of the year so far, I mean, we already talked about Billy Don, I'm sorry, uh, Steve Kerr and Monty Williams earlier, 
But now Jamie Bickerstaff, rightfully so, has also entered that conversation along with Billy Donovan uh, for what he's been able to do with that Chicago Bulls squad. And now Taylor Jenkins is the fifth uh, fifth on the list at seven to one. So having five guys that are um, less than 10 to one odds. So when coach of the year kind of tells you where some of these squads are at for this year. But yeah, going back to last year for this uh, Memphis Grizzlies squad, um, Jaron Jackson was pretty much non-existent last year. He only started four it games. Was. Yeah. yeah, pretty much didn't play at all. Um, and now you have him healthy this season. I know they made the trade of Valanchunas for Steven Adams, but it, it's looking like it's worked out well for them. And that scoring bump that John Moran has taken year over year, last season he finished a season averaging 19.1 points per game. This season he's right around 25 points per game. And again, they're pretty much missing also their best defensive player in the span as well, Dylan Brooks has been out and is going to be out for the next several weeks. He's only played in 20 games so far this season for the Memphis Grizzlies. So, and again, uh, the depth has really stepped up as well. Like you talked about, they have some young pieces on this squad. Uh, De'Anthony Milton, uh, Brandon Clark, who's finally uh, healthy again. Uh, Kyle Anderson, Mr. Slomo. Um, it's a good squad. It's a great squad. It's a fun team to watch. And again, they're, they're showing why they are one of the competitors in the Western conference, uh, this season sitting at 29 and 14 for the Um, record. I'm not going to pick them to make a deep, deep run. I'm not going to pick them to beat golden state in seven or Phoenix in seven, or I I think they can maybe hang around with Utah, assuming Mm -hmm. Gobert's healthy. I think that series would go six or seven. I think you would end up having a tough series there. I do think that they lack enough offensive firepower because if Morant has an off game, they're basically screwed. But looking at the actual makeup of the team, they remind me a lot. Of course, they're going to have less all-stars, but they remind me a lot of the Bootenhoser Hawks teams where you're looking at the actual roster. And of course, they ended up getting a bunch of guys in because they had the best record in the league. Kyle Korver was an all-star, which is mm-hmm. kind of wild. Jeff Teague was an all-star. I never thought of him as an all-star quality point guard. Yeah. But the point is, you look at who they have, and they're just a fundamentally sound team that finds ways to beat more talented teams all the time. Yeah. And it's either the fact that they bought into the system, the fact that this team defensively has been crazy during this winning streak, mm-hmm. or the fact that they recognize that the sum is greater than the individual parts. So I do think that this team is rolling right now. I'm not buying into all the Western Conference hype. I don't see this team making it to the NBA Finals, but I do think this team is going to compete for potentially, I'd say, the two or three seed. I don't think they're going to get the one, but I do think they'll be in the running unless Morant gets injured again, and then you have a full conversation on your hands. Yeah, that's a big uh, caveat is that if John Morant can stay healthy, this team has the – I mean, they are right there tied with the Utah Jazz right now who are all dealing with their own injuries and guys being in the health and safety protocols. But but I I don't know what you tell Ja, though, because Ja's had injury issues his entire career. Sure. But it's because of the style of play and the reckless abandonment that he actually plays at, and that's the entire appeal of his game. That's like telling that's like telling prime Derrick Rose, we want you to stop going yeah. to the rim. Like I don't I don't know what you're supposed to do. He's a freak yeah. athlete who needs his athleticism to make great plays. Yeah. But sometimes he's too athletic for his body to handle, which is why you see him with the leg issues and everything like that. So you can't tell Ja to take it easy, right? I mean, this is no. who he is. Yeah, that's just the type of player he is. Like he said it a lot of times in post-game interviews, like, I'm not scared to, you know, go at some of these big bodies in the um in the paint, but it also does result in him missing some time with ankle injuries or leg injuries and things like that. But um, 
yeah, I think having Triple J this season uh, healthy has been big for them. I think you're right that they probably need to get one more piece. Uh, maybe as this trade deadline kind of approaches, uh, maybe another shooter or playmaker for this team. Because offensively, like you're right, I agree 100% that if Jaw has an off night, that uh, Memphis is not a great squad at that point. But right now, they are tied um, with the Utah Jazz, um, or at least only being three and a half games back for that one spot. Uh, one game back in the loss column of the Utah Jazz. So, yeah, won't be surprised if this team is going to be number three uh, in the Western Conference with Phoenix Suns and Golden State Warriors leading the way in the Western Conference. Um, quickly want to touch on their kind of their splits here. They're 22 and nine against Western Conference opponents so far this season. Against that Pacific Division, they're 12 and three straight up. Well, it better be. That division's not any... Uh, the, the, the Pacific than, Division, of course, yeah. is very good. Their actual division's a joke. Yeah, their but. division... Yeah, and the, and the crazy part is they've only played six games in their division so far, and, and I think that we were discussing this also with uh, Zach earlier this week. They still have, the I think, the fourth easiest schedule remaining in the yep. entire NBA for the rest of the season. So uh, looks uh, things are looking good for the Memphis Grizzlies uh, for the rest of the season. Um barring a John Morant injury. Hopefully not, because this guy's a, a highlight to watch every single night. Anything else for the squad, uh, Scott, before we move on to some other things? Uh, not really. If I wanted to be negative, I could have roasted either the Nets or the Hawks. I, I had some candidates, but when you beat Golden State and you have really just destroyed the entire Western Conference for the last couple of weeks, I'm sure a lot of talking shows are going to talk about the Grizzlies and how this team's a serious contender. I'm not going to go that far, yeah. but I do have to give them some serious props because I thought they'd be good. I didn't think they'd be great. And right now they're a great basketball team. Yeah, definitely. And then they, like we talked about triple J being healthy and John Moran playing well, this, this team has catapulted. Well, that was, that the was the main reason why I like the over. I like yeah. the over on the win total because triple G was a tri- uh, sorry. Triple J was the guy who they took in the top three. Yeah. Top four, a couple of years ago, and he mm-hmm. barely played last year. So you were assuming from what you had seen, he has the ability to impact games on, especially the defensive end. He's a hell of a rim protector. Yeah. But I do think that people underestimated how talented he is offensively. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is that I don't remember Michigan state ever having a three point shot. And now he's actually a pretty solid three point shooting big. So yeah. he's very dangerous in the pick and roll game because jaw attacks the rim. Uh, Jackson can stretch the floor because he could shoot from the outside and defenses really just haven't had any answer for that pick and roll. Yeah, if he can just improve on his three-point shooting just a little bit. He's going to keep shooting them. Yeah, he's going to keep shooting them for sure. But like you said, yeah, rim protection is absolutely crazy. He's averaging, at least in the month of January so far, 3.2 blocks, one and a half steals. Um, Another player prop that if the market's not adjusting for him, if you say two and a half, I think that's a number that you probably want to take on his steals and blocks combined. But um, moving over, I know you mentioned the team that you may want to roast was the Brooklyn Nets. They do have a big game tonight against the uh, number one team in the Eastern Conference in the Chicago Bulls. Um, we know Kevin Durant's a go tonight. I think that both Harden and Irving should go tonight. I did see that they did participate in shoot-around slash practice this week. Um, but um, big game tonight. Uh, Scott, what are you thinking for this game here as Brooklyn Nets travel into Chicago? I know you're the Nets fan. Yeah, well, as the Nets fan, I'm also a gambler, and yeah. <laughs> I recognize the fact that the Nets have not been playing well for the last week and change, whether yeah. they lost to Portland, who basically took a bunch of guys off the street and made a basketball team because McCollum and Lillard are still out, 
but they barely beat the Spurs. They stink. Uh, you're looking at who else they've played. They really have been awful against good teams. I believe yeah. against the top eight teams in the league, record-wise, they are 0-8. So, no, I don't exactly like their chances tonight. They've played the Bulls twice this season. Bulls have won both times. I know the Bulls played yesterday. Technically, they're up 31 after the third quarter. They won by 40, so they could rest all the starters in the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I don't think fatigue's going to play a factor there. My YouTube plays have been hot. I got the Bulls money line tonight at around minus 120. I know the line has gone up, but I don't know how you don't like the Bulls here because you said you think Harden and Kyrie are both going to play. Mm-hmm. I think Harden's going to play. Okay. Kyrie, question mark, because he's only played two games this season and he already has ankle issues. So I think there's a good chance they might be a little bit, I'd say, what uh, I'd say a little bit nice to Kyrie and maybe give him the day off because if you're already having ankle issues two games in, you might not want to force it too much. Whether he plays or not, this team can't guard anybody. They're an awful defensive team, and the Bulls just have so many weapons. I think it's a really bad matchup for the Nets. Yeah, you mentioned this last time we were talking that this this – uh, Brooklyn Nets squad might be in auto overbet, at least in road games, uh, because of their defense. And again, they gave up 114 to the Brook, sorry, to the uh, Portland Trailblazers. The other I, night. I, had the, I had the team total over as my play that day. I had Trailblazers over 108 and a half. And even yeah. though I said straight up in the video, I don't know who has any talent on this Portland team besides Simons and Nurkic a little bit. I think uh, Nasir Little's underrated, but okay. I would just look at the defense and just saying this team gives up open shots all over the court. Three-point range, layups, terrible defensive rebounding team. They really don't do anything well. And that's a serious concern because when the Nets' supporting cast consists of Patty Mills, a little bit of rookie Cam Thomas, Mm -hmm. and, I mean, hell, you're giving James Johnson about 15, 20 minutes a game, and he has no offensive talent. So you don't really have a great supporting cast. So unless Durant's going to get you 35 to 40, and unless Harden plays really well, which he hasn't for the last couple of weeks, you're going to lose games. And that's what we've seen. I wanted to ask you, it's like I was watching the Spurs game on Sunday because it was an early morning game. Nothing else was on, but... It seems like they're like force feeding their bigs just to kind of get them involved versus like Kevin Durant and James Harden just do or even Patty Mills just doing their thing and just scoring the basketball. Why? I don't understand why they're trying to force feed the bigs, uh, especially guys like Nick Claxton. I think that first three four, or four possessions, they were trying to get the ball to Claxton and, and get him some easy baskets around the basket, but they ended up turning it over on like two of those possessions. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, of course, the Nets offense is better when Aldridge is playing because Aldridge actually has a jump shot and yeah. he's been very solid this season. So him being out definitely hurts the actual big man rotation. Claxton has been better offensively, but it's not because he's shooting. He just dunks the ball more. Yeah, so he's, set, he's not taking as many BS floaters and touch shots around the rim. He's actually going to the rim and dunking it every now and then, yeah. which is why he actually posterized Giannis and LeBron in the span of about three weeks, which is kind of cool. But still, (laughs) you're looking at this team. The issue that the Nets run into is that when Harden goes for pick and rolls, especially in the fourth quarter with Claxton, who's the primary guy in the fourth quarter as a big man, they trap Harden. Claxton catches the ball around the free throw line, maybe a little bit beyond. He's not a great dribbler. He's not a great passer, and he doesn't have much touch on his shots. So you're forcing Claxton to make a read. 
And can he make the proper read and proper pass? And most of the time, the answer is no. He sees something, he doesn't pull the trigger, and then you end up having either Mills or Durant come around on a handoff, and you basically just killed 10 seconds off the shot clock. Yeah. That's usually what happens in the situation. So the Nets, you mentioned the Spurs game. I don't care what lineup you have on the court. If you have Harden and Durant in the game, ignore the other three guys. You cannot go scoreless in the final four minutes of regulation to blow a 10-point lead and go to overtime. You won the game anyway. Great floater by Cam Thomas. You cannot go scoreless in the final four minutes of a home game against the Spurs. That cannot happen. Yeah, and I think that it's yeah, you're right, especially in the final what four or five minutes there. Nobody should be touching the basketball except for James Harden and Kevin Durant. I would probably throw in Patty Mills as well, but I think when they keep trying to set up Durant on the low block, which Mm -hmm. Mills, by the way, has been pretty awful the last couple of weeks. I still love Mills, yeah, because they don't really have many other guys who can shoot. The Nets are not a great three point shooting team, so whether Mills is good or bad, you have to keep him in the lineup, you just don't have a choice. But yeah, they keep trying to set up Durant on the low block. Harden late in games does his patented, I'm going to dribble behind the three-point line for 18 seconds and then force a decision because he mishandles the shot clock more than any superstar I've seen pretty much his last couple of years. He is abysmal with shot clock awareness late in games. I don't know what it is, but you can attest to it because you watched him in Houston. Oh, yes. He will dribble the ball between his legs, the same hesitation moves trying to freeze defenders, and you look up, there's three seconds on the shot clock, and nobody else has had a touch. Happens all the time. What we went through as Rockets fans for about six to seven years with Harden doing that, now you're starting to see that with the Brooklyn Nets. So yeah, And even if you're a Harden fan, I get it. He's a very talented player. He's a good passer. I understand it. But at the end of games, a little bit of ball movement wouldn't kill you. Yeah. A little bit. And yeah, at that point, when it gets to that point, he tries to play hero ball and, and and be the guy, which in close games, it happens like once in seven games where he becomes a hero. But other than that, he's either it's either a turnover or offensive foul that happens on James Harden and it's a turnover for him. But yeah, I just wanted to touch on that as they go into Chicago tonight uh, to take on the uh, Chicago Bulls currently as number one seed in the uh, Eastern conference i mean can uh, can you make a case for the nets i get that if durant goes for 40 you got a shot but the bulls have won nine of ten the yeah. nets have are zero and seven ats in the last seven games and we talk about the injuries with harden and Kyrie. there's no guarantee that either of them are going to play or even be near a hundred percent but the nets are zero and eight against elite competition this season which means they beat up on the weaker teams because they're still the two seed right now in the East somehow. I'm really not sure how they're the two seed right now, yeah. but they can't beat the good teams. So why would I pick them to beat a good team while Chicago's rolling? Yeah, the only caveat that I can make is that if Harden and Kyrie are out there... Um, they can outscore you. They can't guard anybody. Exactly, yeah, they can outscore you. That's the only thing, right? And the and the Brooklyn Nets have had success on the road this season despite who they've played mm-hmm. 14 and three straight up um, on the road this season. But but it reminds me of last year. You're looking at a spot where the Nets randomly lost that overtime game to Colin Sexton and the Cavs. And you're going, what happened? How yeah. did they lose? And you look up, oh, Cleveland had 140 something points. That's how you lost the game. Like they can't stop anybody. You're looking up and even the Pacers, they won that game. They came from behind. It was kind of perfect timing because I roast the Pacers earlier that day on this show. Yeah, but they gave up seventy-five points in the first half to an Indiana team that can't score. Yeah, 
<laughs> but that's and, not good. Yeah. And the, it, I think that was a, the following day we came on and, and that's when no, it was that day. It was oh, before it was the game okay. even took place. <laughs> so the yeah, Pacers, right. the rant was perfectly timed, but if you're just handing out 120 to any team with an offensive pulse, yeah, you're not going to win many games. Yeah. And you kind of take a look. They gave up 129 that night against the Pacers. Uh, against the, 121, they 121, scored 121, 119 against the Spurs, and then they gave up 114 to the Brooklyn Nets, uh, without their two superstars or stars well, to, uh, to Portland, but yeah, yeah, to Portland. But yeah. yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight. I mean, um, I, they need to trade, prob- yeah, they're gonna have to long term, yeah. Uh, I think that we're gonna see a lot of points being scored in this game tonight as well. Like you said, Brooklyn cannot stop anybody, and they have all the offensive power power on their squad especially when Kyrie and James Harden are in that lineup. But uh, definitely as a fan, excited to watch it because it is a game between the number one and number two seed in the Eastern Conference. Uh, Scott, let's put a bow on that. Uh, Let's take a quick break here, but we'll come back and we'll get into our player props for this Wednesday night schedule. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, golf, MMA, WNBA, college football, and more. WinBet has some brand new bonuses. Bet $5, win 403 bets. Also, win a VIP trip to Shaq's Fun House in LA. Bet $20 on WinBet's Build Your Own feature and earn a chance to win a once in a lifetime experience for the big game. You and three guests will receive a VIP experience at Shaq's Fun House, two nights at Win Las Vegas a $5,000 free bet at Win Las Vegas Sportsbook and $5,000 in travel credit. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds on every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer, a risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Bet big, win bigger with WinBet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. NFL playoffs are around the corner and PropSwap has the best odds on Super Bowl futures. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. You can always find the best odds because you're buying directly from other bettors just like yourself. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and PropSwap will will double it up to $500. Double the cash means double the odds. Sellers across the country list their sports bets for sale and thousands of buyers visit PropSwap every day to find the best odds on futures, props, and parlays. Last week, Scott from Virginia purchased a Green Bay Packers Super Bowl ticket at odds of 6-1 when sportsbooks are only offering plus 450. If you're not using PropSwap, then you're missing out. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, coming off of the break here, uh, plenty of great games here tonight. I think we have an eight to nine game schedule, but let's dive into our player props here. Scott, I'll give you the floor first. What is your first player prop for tonight? So for this one, I'm going with a superstar to have a pretty huge offensive game tonight. It's Joel Embiid, and I like his point number over 30 and a half at around minus 105. He's played Charlotte twice this season. 
He's averaging a casual 37.5 points per game. He scored at least 31 points in each of his last seven games. Charlotte, a lot of pace, not a lot of defense. Charlotte ranks 27th in defensive efficiency. But Embiid is walking into 31-plus every night, and especially against the Hornets. Who do they have? They're going to throw the likes of Mason Plumlee at him? Like, no, Embiid's <laughs> going to kill him. I, I don't know how Charlotte's going to get many stops. I know they did a better job on Giannis in the immediate rematch, but the first game, Giannis at 40 and 10. Mm-hmm. So I expect Embiid to put up similar numbers, 37 and 12, something like that. But I've seen this matchup before. Embiid is going to eat whoever guards him. And I assume with the pace that Charlotte plays at, they get a bunch of possession. So give me Embiid over 30 and a half points. Yeah, this was one of my plays as well, but I'll dig up another one for the listeners as well. You hit the handicap on the head is that there is nobody on this Hornet squad that is going to be able to stay in front of or even contain Joel Embiid. And like you mentioned, the two previous matchups this season where he's dropped 43, 15, and 7, and then the other game in in just 33 minutes, 32 points, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists for Joel Embiid. So, And we have a high total in this game, like you mentioned. You know, it's around 225 and a half. It's currently moving up. So we'll see a lot of pace in this game. We'll see a lot of um, shots available. The other thing also, I believe I looked at the injury report this morning is that Seth Curry is questionable for this game. So I think that's another, you know, 15 to 16 points per night that's available for somebody to score. But yeah, I think they should uh, force the ball or down below to Joel Embiid. Uh, Mason Plumlee is going to have his hands full here tonight for the um, for the Charlotte Hornets trying to stay in front of or try to contain and do his best attempt uh, to contain Joel Embiid here tonight. So I think he should have no issues getting over the 30 and a half points projection uh, tonight for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. Um, for my next one, or I guess second one, I'll dig up another one in the meantime. I'm going to go Spencer Didwitty. Points and assists over 25 and a half. Uh, Wizards all-star Bradley Beal yesterday entered the health and safety protocols uh, for the Washington Wizards. And so Washington Wizards, that's seven games without Beal this season for the Washington Wizards with Spencer Didwitty playing. And he stepped up in big ways in the absence of Bradley Beal um, this season. Didwitty has gone over. 25 and a half points and assists combines in six out of the seven games without Bradley Beal. He's averaging 24 points, six rebounds, and nine assists in those seven games without uh, Bradley Beal in the lineup. And it's pretty much going to have to be the Kyle Kuzma and the uh, Spencer Didwitty show for the Washington Wizards tonight until they do get help, or sorry, they get Bradley Beal back from health and safety protocols. Uh, defensively, they're struggling right now. They gave up 118 last night to the Oklahoma City Thunder, but that was another game where Spencer did what he had, 22 points and 10 assists in that game, and Kyle Kuzma also stepped up with 29 points in that game. But um, going up against Orlando Magic Squad tonight uh, are the Washington Wizards. I expect Didwitty to step up. Uh, and have a big night, at least scoring and dishing the basketball for this Wizards team. So I'm taking uh, Didwitty over 25 and a half points and assists combined. Well, I think that the reason why Dimwitty has been so good without Brown, without a Beal is the same reason why people are skeptical on if those two can coexist. It's because they both need the ball in their hands all the time. Yeah. And when one of them doesn't have the ball, they're practically useless. Yeah. I don't really think of Bradley Beal or Dimwitty as a guy who 
provides a lot of floor spacing when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. That's really not what they're known for. So I agree with you. I think that Dinwiddie should have a huge night since the ball will be in his, in his hands pretty much the entire game. Yeah. Uh, let's get over to your next one, Scott. What do you got? So second one I'm looking at is Jalen Brown, and I'm going to take his rebounding number over six and a half at plus 104. I don't really understand how this is plus money, but I'm going to take it. He's recorded at least seven rebounds in seven of his last eight games. He faced Indiana once this season, coincidentally the last game that he played in. He recorded 15 rebounds. Yep. Number six and a half at plus money. By principle, I have to take it. I don't really have much more to add than that. Yeah, I think this was a prop that John was on on Monday as well, and he absolutely crushed it. I think he had, what, 13 or 15 in that game? Against 15 against Indiana, yeah. Yeah, and I think there was three guys for the uh, Boston Celtics that had double-digit rebounding. But, yeah, uh, Jalen Brown, just a principal, like you said, off of the number at plus money for what he's been able to do, rebounding the basketball uh, for the um, for the Boston Celtics. And, again, I think there's going to be even probably more rebounding opportunities Um Especially, I, I'm seeing that Marcus Smart is doubtful tonight for the uh, Boston Celtics. But, yeah, I mean, if you kind of just go down the box score for Jalen Brown, he's been rebounding the basketball at will for the Boston Celtics. And he, he's a pretty underrated rebounder. In the month of January so far, he's averaging 28.8 points, along with 10 rebounds for this Boston Celtics squad. So, yeah, I definitely, at plus money, you kind of have to get behind that number. It's also um, the minutes. Because you yeah. know he's just walking into about 38-plus minutes every single game because the Celtics aren't really that good. And as a result, you need Tatum and Brown to play almost every minute of every game. Yeah, 100% uh, agree with that. Um, for my next player prop, I'm going to go over to that Cleveland Cavaliers and Utah Jazz game here tonight. And I'm going to go with uh, Evan Mobley, over seven and a half rebounds tonight. Uh, against the Utah Jazz. Jazz without Rudy Gobert are struggling on the defensive end, to say the least, but um, they've given up 120-plus points on average over the last four games without him. But Evan Mobley, has, I think he's going to have a, a great um, plus EV matchup, I guess we can say tonight. Uh, if Hassan Whiteside is guarding Jared Allen tonight, I'm not sure who's going to be able to contain or keep uh, Evan Mobley off of the boards here tonight against the Utah Jazz. And these two teams is it, did is it Royce O'Neal? Is that yeah. is that the projected yeah. matchup? Pretty much. That's what and that's exactly what Terrell said this morning. It's going to be Royce O'Neal on uh, Evan Mobley here tonight. But these two teams did match up earlier this year in uh, Cleveland, where Utah Jazz got that victory by only a single point. And in that game, even with Rudy Gobert in the lineup, uh, Jared Allen grabbed. Uh, 10 rebounds, and Evan Mobley had 11 rebounds himself in that game. And over the past couple games here, uh, Evan Mobley has been rebounding the basketball very well for the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, at least getting over this number of 7.5. He didn't do it in the last two games, but prior to that, he had four straight games where he had eight or more rebounds for the um, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. But again, this matchup tonight against Utah Jazz um, depending on who's going to guard him, I think he should have a, his way on the boards here tonight. So given, uh, give me Evan Mobley over seven and a half rebounds um, against his Utah Jack squad here tonight. Yeah, it's also about the pace because Utah, we know jack, uh, they jack up a bunch of threes. They also just play at such a fast pace. You should see more possessions. I expect to see a decent amount of, what well, I don't say if it's transition opportunities because Utah will just chuck threes anyway, even when it's five on five and they dribble the ball up the court. But I do think you'll see a lot of 
let's just say shot attempts throughout this game with a lot of time left on the shot clock. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. Again, Utah defensively, they've been giving up a lot of points and the pace has been high as well for the Utah jazz team. And like, like you said, they like to jack up those three point shots. So plenty of rebounding opportunities uh, for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, let's get to your last one uh, here. Scott, what do you got? So for the last one, I'm going to go back to a matchup that I talked about before and Munaf, try not to hate me. I'm going to fade one of your favorite players, Mason Plumlee. Oh, uh, your your personal favorite center oh. in the league. That's pure sarcasm. Munaf <laughs> despises the guy, but I like Plumlee under half a block at minus one ten on DraftKings. I know that that sounds like there's a lot of variance involved yep. because he's still seven feet tall. He's going to hang around the rim, but he's not recorded a block in five of his last six games. He's played less than twenty three minutes in four of his last five games. So the Hornets agree with Munaf that he's not very good, and they have kind of stopped using him for the last couple of weeks. Now, he might receive a little bit of an uptake in minutes just because of the fact that with Embiid as the matchup, you need bodies out there, and he's one of the only centers they actually have. But I have a hard time expecting Plumlee to do much defensively against Embiid. We know Embiid can shoot over anybody. And on top of that, it's about the fact that his minutes have been cutting, have been getting cut into so frequently. And most importantly, Charlotte's been winning with his minutes cut into. So I don't expect him to rock the boat. I think they'll keep using him at around a 19 minute pace, maybe a little bit more in case of foul trouble, but half a block for a guy who might get into foul trouble really early in this game because Embiid should destroy him in this matchup. But when you have not recorded a block in five of six games and your number's minus 110, the number should at least be minus 130 in my eyes. So I'm going to take the value. Oh, God. Mason Plumlee. This guy is just a waste of space. And I don't know. He's on. A, he's just out there for his height. But like, you, <laughs> it's not like he's using his height either. It's not like he's getting block shots or anything like that. So uh, anytime you're fading Mason Plumlee uh, props, I am 100% behind that, Scott. This guy is, oh, God, so, just so terrible. And I'm still bitter about, I took LaMelo Ball. I think it was around. I want to say it was like nine to one or 10 to one uh, for his triple double. And he dumped it down to Mason Plumlee twice. All he had to do was just catch the ball and just dunk it. And he absolutely bumbled it out of bounds and cost me that one assist for that triple double. So uh, yeah, I, I completely hate Mason Plumlee. So uh, definitely backing that uh, fade of Mason Plumlee here tonight against the Sixers. For my last one, it's kind of square, but I kind of got to stay with it, man. It's going to be LeBron James. Over 30 and a half points here. I mean, he's done it in 10 of the last 11 games uh, with, in the absence of Anthony Davis. Uh, this month, he's been over this number in three out of the four games. Second matchup this season against the um, Sacramento Kings. He's at 30 and 31. It's right at that number. But more importantly for me, this Sacramento Kings interior defense and what they're allowing inside the paint has been mind boggling, at least over the last 10 games. Um, they're going to be without some key starters or key interior guys. Uh, they won't have Rashawn Holmes. Damian Jones is going to be out. So you're asking Alex Lynn and Marvin Bagley to kind of contain the paint here or defend the paint against Russell Westbrook and LeBron James here tonight. I just don't see it happening. LeBron, is getting all the shot attempts. He's he's putting up three-point shots. He can get to the basket at will. We know that. He's shooting it efficiently, 54 55% from the field so far in the month of January. 
I'm expecting a big game tonight and actually a blowout uh, from the Lakers here tonight against the Sacramento Kings led by LeBron James. So give me LeBron over 30 and a half points tonight against the Sacramento Kings, Scott. Well, in one defense of the two big men that you just talked about, Len and Bagley were top 10 picks. So clearly they're talented. No, they're not. They're really not very good. You know, they're both busts. I'm going to call them busts. That's, that's what they yeah. are. But I actually had the LeBron over uh, 29 and a half in the last meeting uh, against the Kings. And LeBron was not on pace. And then he had a 14.4th quarter and he got over. So it was a bit of a sweat. But without any real rim protection, you got to assume LeBron, whenever he wants to get downhill against whoever's guarding him, either mm-hmm. Harrison Barnes or Buddy Heald, it's a, it's a lost cause. So yeah. I think LeBron should have a field day, get to the line a lot, couple and ones, the usual. Yeah, hopefully a big night here tonight for uh, LeBron James. I, w- I also probably wouldn't hate some Russell Westbrook uh, points prop either. I think he should be able to get to the basket at will. But I'll look for, I'll look for triple-double on Westbrook just because of the pace. I, I can't really trust the points with Westbrook mm-hmm. because he's been shooting the ball so terribly for the last couple of games. Or Honestly, if you want to go for the whole season, I wouldn't really argue with you. But yeah, I, I'm expecting a classic Westbrook like 15, 11, and 10 type of game, something there where he stays in, gets a triple-double, and then leaves while the Lakers are winning. So for points, I'm a little bit hesitant on Westbrook, but I do think triple-double has some value. Yeah, Carly should don't see hit listed for uh, Russell Westbrook. I don't know if you can find it in the meantime. But, uh, Scott, let's do this. Let's take a quick break here. We'll come back, and we will get into our best bets for the um, – NBA player props for Wednesday night. The fantasy season may be over, but the action is still coming on the Better Fantasy app. Download their free-to-play app today to bet on player props for the NFL playoffs. You can also enter their player prop pools and score big when you win. We love Better Fantasy because we can win awesome prizes and even raise money for charity along the way too. It's totally free to play. You'll earn better credits by completing challenges and use them to place your bets. Better Fantasy is available worldwide and in all 50 U.S. states. Download the app today over at betterfantasy.com SGPN. That's betterfantasy.com SGPN. Since when did sports betting become so rigid? Sports betting is meant to be social. When I picture betting, I picture bootleggers with mustaches tossing bets around in a speakeasy. SoBet is taking the social lineage of betting and putting a modern twist on it by providing a modern platform. SoBet is changing the game with their new product. Head over to SoBet.io and create an account to see for yourself. Through their fully functioning and free web application, you can access a demo of their app which will launch next fall. The app includes consensus lines from Vegas, a feed of what other people are betting on, and the ability to send friendly wagers to anyone you know via QR codes, text, and links among other methods. No money is transacted on the app and it is purely competitive. Next time you're with your friends watching sports, turn the dial up a notch. Go to SoBet.io and you and see who can win and hit the most ridiculous bets. Users have the ability to place bets off Vegas odds or generate a bet by changing any metric they want, as long as somebody is on the other side to accept. Let's get back to the roots of betting with SoBet. Go to SoBet.io slash SGPN. That's SoBet.io slash SGPN today to join the revolution. 
And don't forget guys, the SGPN app is now live on the App Store and Google Play Store. The app gives you access to all of our picks and podcasts. Don't forget to toss up an app review and download the SGPN app today. All right, coming off of the break, uh, let's get into best bets for tonight, Scott. I'll give you the floor first. Uh, Best bet for your player props. What do you got? Uh, By the way, during the break, I looked it up. Westbrook triple doubles around plus 280. If you want to take a shot there, which I think is a pretty solid price. But anyway, I'm really torn between two plays here because Embiid against the Hornets has just been just a free 35 points pretty much every time. But based on principle... My best bet has to be Jalen Brown over six and a half rebounds. You can't give me plus money. You just can't. It's based on, I remember a couple of shows ago, I did the Wagner uh, assist number because it was plus 135. And on principle, that has to be an autoplay. If you record 15 rebounds against the same opponent and the next day it's six and a half at plus 104, I have to take the I have to take the over six and a half. I don't really know what else I'm supposed to do. So bonus at 23 rebounds. So he went nuts anyway, and it didn't matter because Boston relied on group rebounding and Brown playing 30 plus minutes, 35 plus minutes, 40 minutes occasionally. This is too low. And when you've recorded at least seven rebounds in seven of your last eight games, and you're going to give me plus money on him to do it again, it's my best bet based on value. I love it, man, especially at plus money. I, I still don't understand why the books are pricing this so low, but take advantage of it as long as you can, especially at uh, plus money. Uh, for my best bet, I'm going to go with Spencer Didwitty, uh over 25 and a half rebounds, sorry, uh, points and assists combined. And also throw this out there, uh, double-double for Spencer Didwitty tonight is at plus 155. And at least in the last two games without Bradley Beal in the lineup, including last night, he had 22 points and 10 assists and then 24 points and 11 assists on December 28th against the Miami Heat when Bradley Beal did not play in that game. So um, I'll throw those two out there. Spencer Didwitty points and assists combined over 25 and a half and then a double-double at plus 155 um, for Spencer Didwitty. Well, I have to actually just question something there because I'm trying to compare the points and assists in my head to the odds for the double-double. And plus 155 compared to that points and assists doesn't make any sense because you're penciling in Dimwitty for what? Like 20 points? 18 points? 18 to 20 in that range, yeah. So that means he needs eight assists to pretty much go over unless he goes for 20-plus points? Yeah. What what I'm saying is I feel like I understand where you're coming from for the double-double at plus 155. Mm-hmm. I would just hammer the points and assists even more and ignore yeah. the double-double okay. because with that short of a price, anything below $2 for a double-double, you know Dimwitty's not going to get 10 rebounds, or he shouldn't. Mm-hmm. So you're looking at an assist situation there where him to basically get over 9.5 assists is plus 155. That's That's how I'm kind of looking at it. Yeah. So I don't understand how him to get roughly six assists. You said it was 25 and a half, right? 25 and a half. Yeah. And That's I'm what saying, I'm saying. So points if, are at 17 and a half, but I'm saying I'm expecting he'll go over in the points, but yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't really know how he's going to end up not absolutely cruising over that. If he's going to get a double, double, you know, like yeah. I, I feel like he has to go for 20 points because without Beal, he's going to take so many shots. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking at that, then you can basically get over five and a half assists at whatever the the, fu- the facto price is for 
points and assists. I'm more yeah. I just said a lot, but does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. It absolutely makes sense. Uh, and I'm seeing his assists right now at eight and a half at even money uh, on one of these books. But I, I don't get it because Dimwitty, I just think, is going to walk into 20 points. Yeah, so... Yeah, you're right. I actually might might just double down instead of taking the double double and just just put two three units on him to get over uh, 25 and a half points and assists combined. Now, I'm still seeing his points at 17 and a half at minus 105. So, um, yeah, always learning things from Scott uh, and also other co-hosts on this uh, on our sports gambling podcast network. That's why we are the best in the world. But <laughs> Scott. Um, that's the end of the show, buddy. Anything else you want to kind of get off your chats and let the people know where they can find you, man? Uh, not really. Uh, you can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter, R-E-I-C-H-E-L Radio. As for the fantasy rankings, hopefully mine helped you, but unfortunately we don't have playoff rankings, so I'm kind of done on the fantasy football aspect of it. Uh, as for the uh, NFL, uh, hopefully Brady doesn't win again just because I kind of want to see somebody else win for once. We'll see what happens. But okay. I'm looking forward to the playoffs. I'm looking forward to we're – at, we're at the halfway point of the NBA season, so I'm looking forward to the second half there. Yeah. And if you want my personal picks, you can find me at, on uh, YouTube at the Winners and Winers page. I do free plays every night. I do the live stream at 3 o'clock Eastern every weekday. So stay tuned for that if you want my picks. been going pretty well lately. Hopefully that carries over. Yeah, definitely check out um, Scott on his YouTube uh, live streams as well and his shows over there on YouTube. Um, last question before we head out. I know we're an NBA gambling podcast, but you, like you said, NFL is getting underway this weekend with playoffs. Give me your Super Bowl prediction. My Super Bowl prediction. Oh, boy. I really, really just want Green Bay to make it back because that would mean that Tampa wouldn't and we wouldn't have to worry about that. I'm going to go Green Bay, even though their defense has been so bad the last couple of weeks that I'm seriously concerned about it. But I'm going to take Green Bay in the NFC. And the AFC, do I trust Kansas City? Uh, I don't trust Tennessee, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, Do I go pure chalk? I feel like Mahomes and Rodgers is too good of a matchup to actually happen. You know, like that's just yeah. the dream scenario that it'll never actually happen. Uh, screw it. I'm going to go with what I hope for. Give me Chiefs Packers. Yeah, but Mahomes, I, I think I was leaning. I was leaning towards Green Bay for sure. It's it, like you said, the defense is the only concern. I just feel like the AFC is a lot more wide open this year than it, is. it, it has been in the past. But, but I have flaws with every team in the AFC. So yeah. the Chiefs defense was not good against Denver. Yeah. on the Saturday game for week 18. But when push comes to shove, they have the best team in the AFC. And I don't want to jinx them, but I've seen Pittsburgh play against Kansas City this season. It did not go well. <laughs> so I'm assuming the Chiefs are going to win their first game. Yeah, I think that 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 is the only blowout potential for sure. I think this weekend is the Chiefs and the Steelers. But uh, crazier things have happened in the NFL uh, we have seen, but yeah, I think I'm going Packers. Oh, AFC, I just don't know, man. I, if you had the gun to gun to my head right now, I'd probably go Chiefs as well. I if you want a long shot, though, team. in the playoffs, if you want a long shot, I really don't mind the 49ers. I was just going to mention that before the season started, I did. I'm I'm holding 18 to one tickets on uh, the uh, Green Bay. Sorry, the uh, 
49ers, but I think they're better odds right now at 20 yeah, to yeah. one, I think. Okay. Uh, but yeah, we'll discuss that as the playoffs kind of go along here in the uh, NFL. But Scott, thank you so much for joining me, man, as usual on these Wednesday shows. Uh, we'll be back um, this week for the PropCast to wrap up our season-long props in the NFL. And we will be back for the wild card uh, player props as well as NBA props on Friday with myself and Will. Till then, guys, uh, make sure to head over to the sportsgamblingpodcast.com website. Check out all the things that are happening uh, for the website across all the sports uh, that we cover on the network. Let's have a great day of betting in uh, our player props for the NBA this week. Uh, Till then, let's break these books off and let it ride. (laughs) 